You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 10th of November. The NBA comes to a deal with the Players Union, and it has lots of impact. What's Rudy's possibilities? Does it impact Donovan? What do trade option possibilities open up? And who has cap room, who doesn't, and why generally it's not good for the Jazz? We'll all look at all those things coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. Bum 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 pow. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a jazz fan each and every day. There is a ton of news seemingly every day, and we're eight days away from the NBA draft. So I'll try to give you a little insight on all of that as well. All right, let's start it off. Everything's agreed upon. We're starting December 22nd. The draft is happening the 18th. The free agency will open after that, but there's a bunch of pieces to this puzzle that are really interesting. Let's start with Rudy Gobert because that's the biggest impact on the Jazz. Rudy Gobert is eligible for two different things in this offseason. One is the Supermax, which is a mammoth deal that most, like, it's if he insists on the Supermax, actually could be prohibitive for the Utah Jazz in future roster building to a point where they have would probably have to consider whether, you know, what, what to do in that regard. Second thing to look at, is he's available for an extension. Now, the extension doesn't have to be a Supermax extension. So what's really interesting about Rudy is, like, there is no middle ground. Like, if you either Supermax someone or you don't, but Rudy's unique because he's in his seventh year, and he's also available for an extension. The max number with the cap holding the same for Rudy is in the extension for year one max is now 327 million dollars 32.7 million dollars uh so that is you know not as big as the supermax deal um the supermax in 1920 um which is basically this the same deal uh with the cap projections kind of where it was you know were were deals that got bigger than that and higher than that and uh were a little bit more prohibitive. So that deal brings it down um, a little bit in that regard, considering the fact that, the, that you know, the cap room uh, stays the same. So that's, you know, that's where the Jazz are negotiating with Rudy. Um, you get 35% of the salary cap in the initial year, and the cap's holding the same. So if you look at, like, John Wall's Supermax deal, that was about a $38 million first-year deal. So that's where the Rudy Gobert, like, that's where the negotiations are going to have to play in is somewhere, like, is he a max extension? Is he a Supermax? Is he a little below that? What happens in that regard uh, with Rudy? And and we've talked about this a lot. Like, you have to understand that Rudy has earned the right to be considered for the Supermax, and you have to respect that Uh in every regard to who he is as you're negotiating with him. And I've used the chocolate chip cookie analogy a lot on him, which is, you know, if somebody else offers him five chocolate chip cookies, but they only have five chocolate chip cookies, and you offer him six or seven chocolate chip cookies, but you have 10, which is a better offer? 
right? Like it might be more cookies, but you had even more to give him, whereas this person's giving you everything they possibly have. Now, in straight free agency, the only two teams that could actually offer Rudy a contract, and he's not he's not a free agent right now. He's just eligible for those two things, it, you know, are, are down the road. So it you know, or trade into his cap space if you're trying to move him. Uh He's not on the free agent market. It's just a question of whether you don't get this. This is your window to negotiate with Rudy by himself. Uh, so I think that's that's the first one. Okay, so that's the first important news note for the Jazz. The second important news note for the Jazz is options. So this just opens up for everybody around the league, but it is sounding as though they are going to allow the option period of the NBA draft of the NBA to happen prior uh, to the draft. That means, for example, a player like Gordon Hayward of the Celtics and his Cantor of the Celtics, or frankly, Mike Conley of the Jazz, opt into their year their contract prior to the draft. And when they opt in prior to the draft, then those players are now tradable in the draft, knowing exactly what they've done with their option, you could now trade them on draft night. So any player, whether it's as big a contract as a Conley or a Hayward, or as small a contract as a Cantor, I'm just using names we know, opts into the dra- in if the opt-in date is in fact going to be before the draft on November 18th. Now are players that can be traded to the draft, which could create a crazy frenzy. The other thing that's expected is that there, the moratorium could be lifted or that there's going to be some aspects, aspects in that. And frankly, people's kind of feeling is the deals are getting done right now. Players are talking about deals right now in a way um, that they have not, uh, you know, and probably are getting done to some extent. Now, Jordan Clarkson impact. There are Jordan Clarkson is eligible for the mid-level exception for every team in the NBA who has the mid-level and he's a free agent and the Jazz have his bird rights. So what does this mean? This means the Jazz can exceed the salary cap to pay him any number that they would like. The if in the market of free agents, if he's trying to get more than the mid-level exception, which is holding at about $9 million a year, the teams he could talk to are the Hawks who have 44 million the Knicks who have 42 million, the Pistons who have 30 million, the Heat who have 22 million dollars of salary cap space, but I think everyone expects them to stay over the cap on one-year contracts and play for Giannis next year. The Hornets have 19 million, and the Suns have 17.8 million, but a lot of people expect them to play over the cap as well and save their free agent money for next year. So, let's look at it. Are the Hawks a team that would be interested in signing Jordan Clarkson? That seems unlikely to me. The Knicks, maybe. You never know with the Knicks. You never know what they're doing. Uh, with $42 million, though, they should also probably be keeping a lot of that long-term. Pistons at $30 million aren't a team that really looks like they're winning, so I wouldn't suspect as much in that regard. And the Hawks uh, at 19, and the Hornets at 19.4 have no pieces of the puzzle, so I doubt it. It leads me to believe that Jordan Clarkson will not have a free agent cap space market. Therefore, the only market that Jordan Clarkson has coming up here is the mid-level exception market. And this is where it gets a little tricky for the Jazz. 
So you could say to Jordan, like, you don't have much more of a market than mid-level, so we're only hot giving you the $9 million for the mid-level, but now all of a sudden the Clippers can offer him the $9 million, or any other team in a major city could offer him that exact same number that the Jazz are offering, and you better hope he wants to come back to Utah's relationship with Quinn and Donovan and the team are so strong that he wants to stay, whereas he lives in L.A., he's got family there, and maybe he wants to stay and, and not have to move during COVID, and he goes and gets the Clipper deal. Now the next question is, all right, let's say that the Clippers actually offer Jordan Clarkson. I, I don't know what they would, but let's say that that's a suitor because that's the one that would scare me the most if I'm, if I'm the Jazz. If, if the Clippers are going to offer him the mid-level exception and they think that's a good fit for them, they'd have to probably move Lou Williams. So there's reasons why this isn't the case, and maybe he doesn't even find much of a mid-level exception model. But let's just use this as the model here. Then the question gets to be whether or not how many more millions than the mid-level do the Jazz have to offer Jordan Clarkson to be able to uh, get him to stay? You know, is a $10 million with the Jazz a better offer than what you're getting with a... then you're getting with a $9 million with the Clippers. And so that's going to be the interesting part about the Clarkson... Uh, negotiation. All right, so that kind of updates you on everything that happened and how it impacts the Jazz. We'll continue. We'll look at some NBA draft stuff, some other news and notes on all this. It's all coming up as we continue on Locked On Jazz. Chad Ford has done amazing, amazing work at Chad Ford's NBA Big Board. And the latest episode is out, so make sure you go to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on Spotify or on Apple or Google and grab that. Uh, and tune in and get the latest on the NBA draft with Chad Ford. As we continue, the seven-foot-tall, 200-pound Serbian mystery of this draft. We'll touch on that as we continue on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Brought to you by our friends over at Built Go. Oh, we all hit a wall at some point during the day. We need that little extra juice. And Built Go has built for you the answer. Eight. Protein energy gel that has a little extra collagen in it so it's easy on the stomach and tastes even better and is better for you and absorbs better and gives you that boost. It's like the five-hour energy without all the caffeine and better for you. It's Built Go. There's three flavors right now for Built Go. There is the chocolate coconut, which is the last one I had the other day. Was I was on the Peloton doing a double ride and decided to need... Yeah, I slipped that in there. Uh, needed a little extra. Chocolate mint, also peanut butter honey. So go check it out. BuiltGo.com. Use the promo code LOCKED. You'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. All right, looking at the draft, and there's a bunch of mock drafts out there, but there's a player out there that's creating a little bit of a buzz. I don't think he's going to get to the Jazz. Alexei Pokashevsky, he's out of Serbia, and he's seven feet tall, and he's 200 pounds, and the videos of him are incredible because he can do all these amazing things. But you know what? There's a few things about him. One is... You know what? There aren't a lot of guys that are seven feet tall, 200 pounds that are able to like survive in the NBA. Like that's a weird thing. His body's got to change dramatically. The other one is he's crazy young. That's probably good. He's uh, actually the youngest player in the entire draft. 
Nobody's really seen him. He bailed on the combine, so there's all sorts of talk about promises for him. But he's basically a guard. He's a seven foot, two hundred pound guard. And when I watch him, the two things that get me kind of intrigued is like, could you play a zone with him? Do you suddenly play like a two-three zone with Gobert and Pokashevsky at the top, and like you're just covering everything, or it's like a a a one-three-one zone of some sort? Like I I don't know what because having a seven-footer try to guard as a guard seems crazy difficult. Um, on what could happen, you know, what would happen with him? Um, so I, I don't know. The other one is he's got this like shot. So does he become Duncan Robinson? Does he become Davis per Dehans? Does he become the seven footer who just launches threes? And because he's seven feet tall, you can never take away his shot. And he's taking 13 a game. Like that's what's so kind of crazy about. It. So there's, there's also, and then there's, and then there's the bottom line that like he hasn't played anyone. He's been playing in like the local YMCA games. Um, and, and that actually might be a stretch. He's in the lower division in Olympiacos. So he's never played a EuroLeague game. Um, but you have this long, crazy skilled, sort of unicorn, almost Kevin Durant-esque like skill set, seven feet tall, 200 pounds, shooting it from everywhere and always able to get a shot off. But it's really bizarre. Uh, and so it's a really, his name's Pokashevsky. It's a really interesting, he hasn't even played on the Serbian national team. Uh, the YouTube videos on him though, it's worth like a cut and paste and to go find the YouTube videos on him because they're, they're pretty amazing, uh, that are out there. Uh, so, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty wild. Uh, go check him out what he does and you, you just, it's, it's hard. He's like, he is the big swing. Of this draft. I don't think he gets to 23. Who does get to 23? Let's discuss that for a second. So there's a few mock drafts that are out right now. John Hollinger published his mock draft today. And let's see what he has happening 20 and beyond for the Utah Jazz. So 20 has Jalen Smith of Maryland going to Miami. 21, Cole Anthony, point guard, North Carolina. 22, Theo Maladin to Denver. Now, so what's on the board for Utah? He has Josh Green, shooting guard out of Arizona, who we've talked about a lot on this program. He's 6'6". He's got a long reach. He, Some people are not very high on him because he doesn't kind of wow you. I liked him. I thought he had a feel. People criticize his feel. I thought he um, passed it pretty well. I thought he played with his teammates. I thought he was a good athlete. Um, I think he looks perfect next to Donovan, frankly, and kind of of who we are and how we play. And then the question is whether the shot's real. Next player draft is Jaden McDaniels. Another player we talked about very, very early on here as a possibility. 6'9", 210 pound, Adonis body. Almost play like just didn't do hard to find highlights you like in his college career in Washington. He, he quite simply did not. Um, show the ability to play with teammates. He played like a horse with blinders on. He played like a guy who scored 50 points a game in high school, which he did. But you like, how often do you get a 6'9", 210-pound athlete of that nature? Uh, but at the other level, you wonder you know, what his offensive skills are to be able to uh, put together um, because he didn't show a lot. Like, he can shoot the three um, and... 
you know, on the but he's got an athletic skill set that frankly I'm pretty willing to take a flyer on. Like you don't get that very often. Um other guys available, Desmond Bain. So he's a TCU product. He's been around for a while. I think there's an argument that maybe with this no summer league that you might find players that are readily available and able to play. Malachi Flynn, point guard of San Diego State. Pretty interesting to me in the sense that Malachi Flynn is um, really skilled, going to be able to play, but if Donovan's your primary ball handler, like he's 14 on minutes a night like it's hard you know for us to draft a point guard or center right now it's hard to find more than 14 minutes a night for him I think that becomes something you have a hard time uh being able to get out of those guys uh two centers Zeke and Jai out of Arizona and Isaiah Stewart out of Washington same question though how do they play for us? Like, maybe if you're drafting 23, you're totally fine drafting a guy whose maximum amount of time is 14 minutes on the floor. You'd have to see something else coming their direction uh, than that. So it's getting really interesting if these mock drafts are right. Like, on this, if, if you dismiss point guards and centers, which might not be right, but if you do dismiss those two, uh, then Josh Green, Desmond Bain, Jaden McDaniel, a kid out of Barcelona, Leandro Balmero, uh, is a possibility. I like Robert Woodard, um, who, you know, John Hollinger, frankly, doesn't like as a first-round talent. Other people don't like. I think he's got so many skills that he's going to be able to, um, uh, you know, he's going to be able to show and develop because he's just so athletic and so remarkably skilled. But, you know, I might be in the total minority on that. So I'm not sure that that's a consensus. If we go to the Kevin O'Connor most recent mock draft um, and where, you know, he's he's putting things right now and, and Kevin does amazing work. So his mock draft, 11.3, which he published all the way back in October. So there's, you know, there's an, this one's going to have to have some, some changes to it. But if we go again to 20 and pick up right about that moment in time, what you have is he has Desmond Bain at 20, Josh Green at 21, Zeke Enjai at 22. Uh, and then Jaden McDaniels at 23 for the Jazz. So same spot. Cole Anthony, similar player at 24. Probably need to watch him. He had Pokashevsky at 25. I don't think he gets there. And he had Balmero out of Barcelona via Argentina. Six foot seven, similar in, uh, height as wingspan on him. And then same talk. Isaiah Stewart. Malachi Flynn, uh, Theo Maladin, uh, and then the kind of wild card out of Gonzaga is Killian Tilly, who's 22 years old uh, and is a nice player, just can't stay healthy. So we're really beginning to see, you know, in some ways a consensus on what's going to be on the board for the, um, you know, for the Utah Jazz. And it, it's a lot of these these similar picks right now uh, that are being talked about. So uh, we'll keep an eye on other mock drafts. We'll keep an eye on other things as they become available to be able to look at and show you um, what you know what's taking place. 
and who are the next options in that. I wanted to look at the top free agents. Sports Illustrated put out a list of the top 50 NBA free agents. We've looked at most of them in our breakdowns. We'll continue those, but take a look at that. That's next as we continue. Also with the new uh, knowledge of the cap room and everything else here on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Josh Lloyd, thank you very much. Amazing weekend listening to all the draft prospects on Locked on Fantasy Basketball. So if you get a chance, check that out. Josh did amazing, amazing work this week. And so you can check that out and see that here on the Locked on Podcast Network. All right, top free agents according to SI. Again, Hawks, 44 million. Knicks, 42 million. Pistons, 30 million. Heat, 22 million of cap room, but probably not going to use it. Hornets, 19 million. Suns, 18 million, but probably not going to use it. Uh, By the way, luxury tax teams, Golden State at 16.5. Phoenix at 15.4. Or Philadelphia at 15.4. Boston at 11.7. Brooklyn at 7. And Houston just barely. Here's why this is not a good deal for the Jazz. One is the escrow number's not that big so there's not that much money coming back to people so that's not a great great thing for the jazz number two they've pulled back the tax bill for a bunch of the big market teams that's not great for the jazz because that means that the revenue distribution and the revenue share for the small market teams not as good and finally you know depending what we have on fans in the stands we get more of because our sponsorship dollars are lower and and our tv deal is less fans and our revenue bottom line are far more important sure la gets a lot more per game but their tv revenue is like 50 times ours and their sponsorship dollars are huge so for us, the gate's pretty important, and it's, you know, we'll see whether we're able to have any fans or if it's just 25%. That's a big blow to us. So this was a great deal by the players. 10% escrow being taken and then being spanned over years, never to be more than 20%. This was Michelle Roberts did an amazing job for the players in getting a great deal here. And then the big market teams like Golden State and Philly and Boston and Brooklyn, who's capped it, dollars are going to be less could be really really significant if they use their mid-level or things like that so that could have a mammoth mammoth impact on on how teams do on this and how it, it all plays out so bottom line not great for the jazz but probably nothing that we actually see on the court all right let's take a second and look at the top free agents according to si and this is done by jeremy Wu. Very good. It'll actually be featured on the Locked On Podcast Network NBA Mock Draft, which comes your direction starting tomorrow on the Locked On NBA channel. All right, and then let's look at those teams that have cap room and see whether or not any of these teams now do anything. So uh, Anthony Davis will stay with the Lakers after he exercises player option. Brandon Ingram expected to stay with the Pelicans. Fred Van Vliet, unrestricted. The Suns could go try to get him. They have $17.8 million of cap money. Does that push? He's 26 years old. He's a perfect complement to Devin Booker. In fact, of the matter is the Hawks with $44 million could decide he's the perfect complement to Trey Young. The Knicks could try to go get him if they think he's that good. So the, I think Fred Van Vliet will be the... I, I, this is how crazy it is. Fred, Fred Van Vliet might be the number one free agent in the marketplace. Uh... Danilo Gallinari, uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, is next at 32 years old. Does somebody pay him more than 
the mid-level, or is that a sign-and-trade deal where somebody goes to, he's definitely better than the mid-level player, he's at $32 million, or is somebody going to get him at the full mid-level? He could change the landscape of the NBA, frankly, if he goes to a Golden State or a Clippers or a some high-level team, Denver goes and adds him to to play with Jeremy Grant in the, using the mid-level in some way. They, they'd be pushing some numbers. But Danilo Gallinari is quite good. He's available. And I don't know that the Hawks, the Knicks, the Pistons, the the Hornets are willing to go give him money. That doesn't match kind of where they are. So keep an eye on that one. Gordon Hayward, player option, would have to have a deal done probably to Atlanta. It's the only place I could think of where he becomes kind of one of their key pieces moving forward. There's a lot of pressure on Atlanta to move forward right now and to make progress. So maybe they would do that. And he's a player option, so it's a question of whether you know if they do this option rule where they can sign before the draft. DeMar DeRozan. 27 million. I've got to figure he opts in. Can't imagine anybody gives him money. Andre Drummond in Cleveland, player option, 28 million. Have to imagine he opts in. Can't imagine anybody opts out. Mike Conley, 34 million, 33. Got to imagine he opts in. Davis Bertans, unrestricted. Now, everybody thought the reason he didn't play in the bubble is because Washington kind of agreed they'd pay him on the weight backside. He's going to get more than the mid-level at $9 million, or Washington has a chance to lose him. This is the same thing for the Jazz and Jordan Clarkson. If Bert, if Washington doesn't give him more than $9 million, somebody is going to offer him the mid-level and he'd consider leaving. I think the question gets to be whether or not the Suns decide to venture in there at seven with their 17.8 if they don't get Van Vliet? Do the Hawks decide they want to knock down bona fide shooter at, with Clint Capella instead of Clint Capella and John Collins or in some compliment to that group? Uh, Bertans, I think, gets an offer. Washington has to go over $10 million to get that done. Montrez Harrell. This one's interesting to me. Unrestricted, six-man-of-the-year award winner, 26 years old, terrible playoffs. Again, this gets into the chocolate chip cookie analogy. If you offer Montrez Harrell the mid-level exception and you're the Clippers at $9 million, does and somebody else offers him the same mid-level exception, is it insulting because the Clippers could have offered you more? Do you find that to be an insulting offer? Jeremy Grant, Denver, I think they go over 12, 13, 14, never let him get to the market. He's too important to who they are. Evan Fournier, $17 million player option. My guess, he has to exercise it. Crazy. Never would have thought that. Here's the most interesting one of all of this. Bogdan Bogdanovich out of Sacramento. They have Buddy Heald. We'll see what they do in the draft. And you know what? He's restricted. So, if someone offers him the mid-level, he shouldn't take it. He takes a one-level year deal to become unrestricted next year. But does Atlanta offer him enough money that Sacramento's not willing to match? Does New York offer him? New York's got to spend 40. It's got $42 million of cap money. Where are they spending it? Pistons, do they believe in him enough? That owner's always wanted to be competitive. Does Miami... No, they don't because they want Giannis. And what about the Hornets? Probably not. But watch Bogdan Bogdanovich. Be interesting to see. Or does somebody find a way to do a sign and trade? Joe Harris, unrestricted. Again, I suspect the team signs him for more than the middle level to prevent him from becoming a mark on the market. Christian Wood, Detroit. 
Let's see what happens in the draft. Do they end up with either with Wiseman or uh, Okongu? And do they still want Christian Wood at 24? Probably. He only started 14 minutes, but he was amazing. Or 14 games. He was amazing in those 14. Again, another one I suspect local team has to go above mid-level to keep him. Otto Porter, player option, 28000000 million. I would think he keeps it. Malik Beasley's restricted. Be interesting to see if you can push Minnesota along with he and Juan Herman Gomez we talked about earlier. Goran Dragic, unrestricted, 34 years old. Miami gives him, my guess, a big one-year deal, keeps him over the cap, puts him in position for Giannis. Serge Abaka, unrestricted. This is the one I talked about earlier with the Jazz. I just love his fit, but with Marcus Gasol likely leaving, I would expect... Toronto pays him some number that doesn't get him in the mid-level restriction marketplace. It's the same reoccurring story. Marcus Morris, though, is interesting. What are the what on a jazz end of things? If you had your choice of Marcus Morris or Jordan Clarkson, would you would would you? I don't know. Like is Marcus Morris? You add him as a power forward. Boyan Bogdanovich becomes your small forward. You suddenly became big. Are you interested in this? He's kind of known for his toughness. His and and production, he's decent outside shooter. He's you know now known as a glue guy as a veteran when he was a problem early in his career. Be interesting to see what happens there. Dallas has got Tim Hardaway at nineteen million. I unless doubt it'll be interesting to see which will reveal whether Dallas is trying to go get Giannis next year or what they're doing. Jordan Clarkson's at twenty two million, and again the or excuse me at t- number twenty two on the list unrestricted. The game is. Can he get the mid-level from somebody else? Is there somebody that wants to give him the mid-level? And do the Jazz then have to go higher than that level to re-sign Jordan Clarkson so that they're offering him something better? Jay Crowder, unrestricted. He's I think we've crossed now where you're under the mid-level, and if Crowder can go get somebody who gives him a three-year, $18, $19 million deal, I think he takes it uh, at 30 years old. Whiteside, unrestricted. Derek Favors, unrestricted. Behind Hassan Whiteside, what is the market? And if New Orleans drafts a big in the draft or finds a center or trades for Miles Turner in a Drew Holiday deal, what happens to Derek Favors? Does he end up on the biannual two-year $8 million? could happen to a center. Marcus Sol, 35 years old. There's a lot of talk about him going to Spain. Tristan Thompson, unrestricted. Paul Millsap, 28, 35 years old, 28 on the top 30. Does he get a two-year, eight you know, four, two-year, $9 million deal on the biannual, or is there something better? Uh, I would assume he uses some of someone's mid-level like that. His level is anyone can offer him the two-year, $9 million biannual. Does he get something a little more than that? 212, 214, 215. Do the Jazz re-sign Clarkson and bring Millsap in as a power forward? Contavious Caldwell-Pope at 29 and Derek Jones Jr. Unrestricted, 23 years old. I think somebody can sign him and get him for a pretty good number if you believe in him at 6'6 and a world-class athlete because of the fact that they don't want to put money into next year by giving Jones multiple years and not want to impact uh, them. Mr. Average, Dario Saric is res- is restricted. Aaron Baines, you know, like here's the, like Aaron Baines or Derek Favors. Favors is better, but it's probably the fact that Baines is back there as a backup probably prevents Favors' market getting big. Rondo, 33rd. Cousins, 34th. Rodney Hood has a player option at 35 coming after Achilles. I think he'd take it. Justin Holiday is unrestricted. 
Had a good year last year. Chris Boucher is unrestricted. 27-year-old, really big athlete. We'll see someone offers. The other Morris brother, Markeith Morris, is unrestricted. Jeff Teague, we talked about last week, unrestricted. And then Carmelo, Jakob Pertl's restricted. I don't know if he gets an offer, and I love his game at 25 years old, but I think the market's just going to be dead on centers. DeAnthony Melton, restricted at 42. De- DJ Augustine, we talked about in a past episode as a backup uh, point guard, I think is on a two-year $8 million. Chris Dunn's restricted. Great defensive player. I assume Chicago would match anything. We wrap it up with Dwight Howard, Alec Burks, Glenn Robinson the third, Nerlens Noel, Avery Bradley, and Langston Galloway. Those are your NBA 50 free agents, according um, to the... Uh, Jeremy Wood, Sports Illustrated. Hope you enjoyed the breakdown. Back with you tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in. The NBA mock draft starts tomorrow on Locked on NBA, so make sure you subscribe or follow it on your preferred podcast provider.